0: take your copy of God's word this morning and we're turning to the Old Testament to the history section second chronicles so if you'll be turning there king samuel kings and chronicles and so if you'll be turning there we have a history lesson this morning but the amazing thing about this history lesson is it's vital to you and to me and to our life because you know if you don't listen and learn from history you're doomed to what repeat it nobody wants to repeat some of the lessons of history Particularly ones where there's judgment. I don't want to experience that. Do you? No. Now, we're taking a moment and see, we're opening up this history book right here. But see, this isn't like the history books in in high school and college. Listen, there's not revisionist history in here, okay? You know what that is, right? They don't tell you the truth, right? They rewrite it. No, no, no. This is truth. This is what we're opening right now. This is the truth that God has spoken. His Spirit anointed, listen, and inspired individuals to write the precise words that we need to hear that represented truly what happened. And God's kind of like the divine commentator. I mean, you always have commentators that see situations and historical events, and they say, well, I think this is the reason that the South lost the war. We'll go there later. All right, but... But God, He gives us the true interpretation of everything that happened. And this history lesson is really important because what it highlights is that God is a God of truth. And we truly need to hear what He has to say. And this book that we open in a moment and we're going to read from and stand in honor of its authority and the God who speaks it. This book is inspired by the Spirit. And that means, listen, that God led individuals to write the exact words without error. There's no errors in it. In fact, this book is infallible. It will lead you and lead me if I'll build my life on the principles and principles that I find here. It will lead me so it won't lead us astray. And, and, and in fact, the amazing thing is the Spirit that inspired them to write those words is the same Spirit that dwells within us and illumines my mind and your mind to understand it this morning. But the key is this. There's never a problem with the Word, with the seed. The question is, is my heart ready to hear what God has to say? And we all got various soils in our heart. The question is, is there good soil right now? Are you ready to hear God speak? Do I want to hear His Spirit teach me? I need to want to hear what God has to say. Now listen, before we stand and read the Word, I just want to ask you a quick question. Do you think the world has lost its mind? Amen, Amen. absolutely. I do too. Now why? Why has the world lost its mind? I mean is it technology is is that's what happened uh, all of the digital media and all of the technological advances now we're just living in a virtual reality in a sense through screens and 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 not directly in reality we live in a virtual reality and and it isn't even real is that the problem is it hollywood i would say partly yeah disney too amen the entertainment industry listen what they want to do is not provide programming that actually tells us as things are, they're programming for us to be a particular way. Right. We need to realize that. They're not telling us the truth always, so we need to realize that, or maybe maybe it's the public school's fault. We love to throw, the, throw them under the bus, right? No pun intended. <clears throat> but anyways, y'all got to get quicker here this morning, okay? I've been off for a week on vacation, man. I'm really ready to go, okay? Is it the school's fault? I mean, listen, let's be honest. They jettisoned God a long time ago from the school system and they are now teaching a humanistic, relativistic uh, and just blatant lies to the children, right? Now, not every teacher is evil. I just understand that this morning. But there is a mindset that has influenced the school system even in America to a great extent. And praise God, we do have Christian teachers that are still willing to stand and lead their particular class. But let's be honest, we know that's not the case across the board. What is it? Is it their fault? Well, where does the individual come into play? What is the individual's responsibility? Because if we are honest this morning, the reason the world has lost its mind is because the world has turned its back on God. And God is the plumb line of truth. God is truth. And God has spoken truth. And when individuals reject what God has to say and reject the light that He brings with truth, then they live in darkness. We wonder why people stumble while people are so confused. Listen, when you remove the plumb line that God has given to us, namely reject Him who defines what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is a lie, what is good and what is evil. When you reject that, all you're going to have is chaos. Chaos in the mind and chaos in your life. And so what's fascinating is Isaiah would say, to his own people, to God's people in Isaiah 59, that listen, you wonder sometimes why there's no justice, there's no equity, there's no righteousness. The reason is because truth is trampled in the streets, and that's what I see around us all over in America. I mean, do you see that? Or you just just got your head in the sand, not, not realizing, no, this is real. I mean, what are we giving our children and our grandchildren, church? Stop and think about it. Listen, if God's a God of truth, as we're going to study today, as we're going through the attributes of God, we want to know what that means and the implication for us. Because if I don't embrace the truth, then I'm going to embrace a lie. A lie about how the Creator made me. I may not like the way He made me. I may want to reject the way He made me. You see people doing that today? You can't change that, though. It's in the chromosomes. We have lies about sin. Who's responsible for it? No, it's not. I'm a victim and I, I'm not responsible for my choices. Yes, you are. The word of God's clear. Everyone's responsible for their own personal choices. Yes, there's things that influence us. But at the end of the day, we all make a choice and I am responsible for my choices. But the world has all of these lies that they're propagating. And there's a father of lies, by the way. His name is Satan. He's the one behind a lot of this. Amen. Right? But our God is not a liar. Our God is not a deceiver. Our God is a God of truth. And this is the amazing thing. This is the one attribute of God that's missing so much in our culture today. And yet it is the one attribute that can radically bring revival and reformation and transformation in not only individual lives, but in homes and in society and in our community. If we will embrace this truth and acknowledge God is truth. Now, the text is going to reveal a period of time in history, in the history of God's people, when when they had strayed from God. They had embraced idols. They had embraced lies. And and it was a miraculous leading of one king who realized that and and said, Listen, we need to cry out to the God of our fathers. And and in the midst of that, a revival and a reformation took place. And, oh, that's my prayer today. Could God give us some leaders who would point us in that direction? Amen? Amen. We desperately need it. Don't just stand with me and honor the word of the Lord as we hear God speak this morning about the importance of truth for his people and for a nation. It's in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I'm just going to read from verse 1 to verse 7, and I'll just highlight some things in chapter 14 as well through the end of the chapter. Now, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa, that's the king, and he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but... If you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel had been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And in those times there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. So nation was destroyed by nation, city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you, be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Father in heaven... I pray we're living for the reward. I pray we're living for your favor. I pray we're living for your truth. That we're being authentic. The people of God that you called us to be. And God, I pray where we aren't, God, that you would reveal that. So that by repentance and faith, Lord, we'd experience your grace and mercy. And be turned back to you. And how we pray for our nation, Lord. That they would realize for a long time we've been without the true God and without some teaching priests, and without the law. God, turn our nation back, we pray. And Lord, may it begin in us today. May it begin in my heart, O God. And may we see a moving of your spirit, we pray. We ask this all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. As we're studying our attributes today, we come to the attribute that God is a God of truth. What does that mean? Well, God's truthfulness means two things. We're going to study one of them today and one of them next week. But it means that God is the true God. There is no other. There's only one source of truth. And it's God himself. And not only that, his words that he speaks are true. And those words that he has spoken, those true words, are the plumb line or the standard by which we assess all other things. It's the standard of truth. This affirms two things for us. One we talk, cover today, his veracity, that when God speaks, it's true. And when God speaks, I can build my life on what he says, because as we'll learn next week, because he's true to what he says, he's faithful. He'll bring it to pass. Whatever God says, listen, will bring to pass. Whether that's good or whether it's judgment, God is true to his word. Now, I need that. You need that in life. We need that because as we build our life, I'm just simply taking God at his word. Waking up every morning because he's eternal. Listen, that truth is good for every generation. Because you know why? The eternal God speaks an eternal word. That's why, as Hebrews would say, it's a living word, right? It's sharper and active, and and, and it's it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It can just cut right down the middle, right? And that's what God's word does. And so the eternal God speaks an eternal word, which is relevant not just in Ace's day, not just in Paul's day, but it's relevant today for you and for me. We, we don't pun it and say, well, that's just some old saying and really isn't relevant today. Oh, beloved, it's relevant. Even when there's some preachers like Andy Stanley who say we don't really need the Old Testament. Yes, we do. There are principles and precepts that are found there that are eternal truths that I need to apply, you need to apply in your life. And the other thing that's interesting about the other attributes of God when it speaks about God's truth is because God is eternal, He's immutable. He's never going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So that means I'm going to wake up and that truth that the eternal God has spoken is relevant today and it hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. Man, why wouldn't you build your life on a solid foundation like that? Why wouldn't we trust in what God has to say? Why wouldn't I say, you know what? I'm going to take this captive to the knowledge of what I have found from the true God. That's how we build our lives. That's how we instruct our children to build their lives. Knowing the God who is truth. In the Hebrew, the word for truth is emmet which means truth and stability and firmness. And that's what you have when you have truth. You have solid rock to build your life on. In the Greek, the word is aletheia. And what that means is that there is not just truth, but there's an uprightness to it. I mean, just stop and think about it for a moment. If God speaks truth, it's going to be right. And if you embrace truth, you will live rightly. Now, if you don't embrace truth, you'll not live right. Or what we would say is unrighteous. And so God's truth is tied to his holiness. It's tied to his righteousness. And this is what we're learning as we're studying God this year. And walking through the different attributes. Who our God is and what he's like. Listen, all of these attributes are intertwined in so many ways. You and I are just trying to get our minds around an awesome God. There's none like him. And when I know him as he is. Then I'll be who I should be in my daily living. That's why this is critical and important. You see, today we study God is true. Next week we'll cover God is faithful. What God says is true and he can't lie. If he lied, he'd cease to be God, but he can't lie. And so what he says will come to pass, and it will truly happen. And that's why there are precious promises that are given to you and for me that we need to build our life upon. And praise God that we can have hope in what he has said, and we can place our faith in him that he will bring it to pass. Asa knew that. Asa was the king. Now, what's amazing is he was the great-grandson of the wise king Solomon. I mean, this is the line of David, not far from David, right? But in two generations after David, the nation of Israel split into the northern and southern kingdoms. Now, Asa is in the, is in the south, and, and, and he's the king of the south. And, 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 and the reason the nation had split is because they had left the one true God. You see, the prophet that comes after this battle... Asa, King Asa, led his people out into battle against the Ethiopians. And and when they went out there, what you can find up there in chapter 14 in verse 4, verse 6, verse 11 is this. Asa reminded God's people in battle, he said, listen, we need to turn our hearts to God. We need to trust in Him. We need to put our faith in Him. We need to rely on Him. And if we seek Him as our fathers had once told us, our forefathers, then God will deliver. You know why? Because there's nothing impossible with our God. Our God can help anyone, whether you're small, whether you're large, those who have no power. God can help us, and He can bless us, and He can supply deliverance. And that God hasn't changed this morning. Amen? You can trust in Him and put your faith on Him and take Him at His word. Why? Because he's God and no no man can prevail against him. Asa knew that. And he was leading the people to trust in the one true God because they had not done that. And so as they return, a prophet, the Spirit of God, comes upon a, a prophet. And he comes, Azariah, the son of Obed. And he comes and he says, I need to speak to the king. And I need to remind him, listen, this has been a, a monumental moment in the nation's history right now. And this is a, something he needs to know. And he says to him, for a long time, this is many, many years, Israel has been without the true God. You see, they had been worshiping idols. Solomon had introduced them through all of his wives that he, he intermarried with. And, and those wives from the other nations, what they bring with them? They're pagan gods, they're idols. And that led the nation down this slippery slope. I mean, if the leader can embrace it, what are the people going to do? That's why godly leadership is so critical. And oh dear God, would he please give us some in America, amen? From the governor's house to the White House, all over, we need some godly leaders that fear him. Well, Solomon had led the nation away, astray. So it's not surprising that in two generations you have Jeroboam and Rehoboam, two sons that, that go into war with one another and they split the kingdom. And one introduces a, a rival altar and rival gods, rival priests and rival calves, and, 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 and the kingdom is split. Why? Because they were without the true God. Their hearts were not drawn to the true God. They were without him. Now, this wasn't the first time in their history that they were without the true God. If you know your Bible, you know over in the book of Judges. There's a whole long history right there just in the book of Judges when God's people turned their back on God and rejected him. In fact, they rejected his principles and his precepts. And as a result of that, what happened? There was years of adversity, years of difficulty, years of of nations that attacked them and plundered them. And in moments, they would cry out to God and return to him. And when they did with their whole heart, God would raise up a judge and God would deliver his people. And then the cycle would repeat. And the cycle would repeat. But see, in those years, they didn't have the true God. Every man wanted to be his own God, right? He wanted to define what was true for him, what was right in his own eyes. And when a nation does that, there's nothing but chaos. That's where we live today. That's the mindset of the world in which you're going to go into uh, tomorrow at work. And Well, the kids are out of school now, but, but that's the mindset that we're, we're around frequently, we, we believe there is one true God and worship belongs to Him and Him alone. By the way, you know the early church, they were martyred because they wouldn't pinch incense to Caesar, right? And they wouldn't declare that Caesar was Lord because they knew who the one true Lord was. And they were persecuted because of it. I mean, that was the one faith that they couldn't accept. The Romans couldn't accept. They had so many others. But you see, this is the principle and this is the truth. God is the true God and God is the source of all truth. And if you're gonna, it doesn't matter whether it's scientific, whether it's mathematical, or whether it's moral. God is the source of all truth. Wherever you find it, if it's true, it's God's. He is the source of it. Why? Because it comes from His essence. It comes from His nature. And He is the one that speaks truth and brings truth. And every word that He says is true. By the way, that's why a good education has God at the center of it, right? That's what we do at Headwaters. Amen. Now, since God is true, his word is faithful, I can take it to the bank. And so it was for Israel. That's what Asa realized. And he cried out to God. Just as he had heard, someone had given him a lesson somewhere. Maybe in a VBS back then, I don't know if they had it. But he had clearly learned the principles of the fathers, of their forefathers. And he knew, maybe it was just good old King David who wrote Psalm 1, right? And to build your life and bank your life on the word of God, not what the world has to say. And so, for many years, they were without the true God. And that's what I believe is happening today. For many years, our nation has turned its back on God. And what we're experiencing now, in so many ways, is His judgment. In fact, one of the ways that you see the judgment of God, you can go read the prophet Isaiah, and this is one of the clearest principles that shows you God's judgment, is this. There's a famine for hearing the word of the Lord. There's a famine. It's hard to find the word of God. And that's sad. It's an indictment on many pulpits across America today. That they don't open God's word and allow God to speak truth. And as a result of it, the people suffer. And the nation suffers. But God is the source of truth. And if you don't embrace Him as the source of truth, you will manufacture your own truth. And that, my friends, is a lie. And it's a lie. And many people are doing that today. But for you and for me, we recognize we got to worship the one true God. Now, listen, for many years, Israel was without the true God. And they were also, as it says, without a teaching priest. Now, what's the significance of that? We don't just need to worship the one true God, we need a true teacher to teach us about the true God. And that's the role of the priest. The priests had the responsibility listen at the tabernacle or at the temple. The priests weren't merely there just so you could bring your sacrifice. Yes, they represented God to the people and the people to God. And you brought your sacrifice and confessed your sins, at least if they held you accountable to what sin is, right? Or did they not? Or did they just allow the trampling of the courts, right? Where people would draw near with their lips, but their hearts were far from God, as Isaiah would say. The priests had responsibility for the worship that took place at the tabernacle and the temple. They had responsibility for the sacrifices. But they also had the responsibility to teach the word of God. To teach God's people His truth and to hold the truth before the people as the standard. If they dropped the standard, then the need even for a sacrifice and an admission of sin, that would be dropped as well. And so the priest was supposed to be the true teacher. And all throughout Israel's history, you see periods where the priests were doing as they ought and periods where they were lazy and didn't do what they should. Just read about Eli and his sons, right, over in the book of 1 Samuel. And you'll see the picture there. I mean, they were were fleecing the sheep rather than doing what they should do as priests. So we need true teachers of the true God. Now, here's the amazing thing. What does a true priest or prophet, what do they do in teaching? They have that responsibility. Well, see, they're supposed to bring the whole counsel of the Word of God. Not their opinion, but what God says. It doesn't matter what I think, beloved. It matters what God says in His Word. We teach the truth, the principles and precepts that God has laid out. Now, here's a scary thing. If you ever read 2 Timothy, and Paul's warning to Timothy there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 4, what you realize is in the last days, you know what's going to happen? People are not going to want to hear sound doctrine anymore. Welcome to America today, amen? Why? Because they'll want people to tickle their ears. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Right? Make them feel happy. Right in the service, and what's fascinating is what you read over there in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 4 is this that men will turn their ears away from truth. I underlined it, it's true. You see the responsibility I'm supposed to bring line upon line, line precept upon precept, the whole counsel of the Word of God. I don't get to skip over the passages that I don't like. I don't get to take a little exacto razor and cut out. Well, I really don't like this one today. I'll cut this one out. We don't. This is this isn't relevant today. You know what? You know that. You know what that's called? As an aside, that's called Dalmatian theology. Do y'all know what that is? Everybody know what the little cute little puppies are? I can't tell you to watch Disney anymore because they've lost it. But anyways, you know what a Dalmatian is, right? Well, some people think that the Word of God, some theologians and pastors think the, the Word is inspired in certain spots. And they're spiritually gifted to find the spots, right? No, 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 no. From Listen, from Genesis to Revelation and the maps, amen? They're all, it's all inspired. Every word, every syllable... Everything is inspired by God. And that truth is my responsibility to teach you. Even when I don't want to, even when you don't want to hear it, I have that responsibility to bring that and I'm to be faithful to tell you this. Now watch this. When the prophet speaks, what's amazing is the message he says. Look at verse 4, 5, and 6. Okay, watch this. Ready? There's been a long time since we've worshipped the true God. King, you're doing the right thing. There was a long time since we had teaching priests and we're without the law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. You see, this is a great word that my responsibility and one of the most important things I can say to you is this. Listen, when you sin, here's what we need to do. Ready? Repent. Turn to the Lord. If there's any message that I have a responsibility to bring to you, it's this. Turn back to God. Turn back to Jesus. He has shed his blood. He has offered the sacrifice for our sins. He is a God rich in mercy. I've read Ephesians 2 just this week. He is rich in mercy, and he wants to deliver us from that way of living we once lived in. Praise God, I don't have to go that way anymore. I don't have to live like that anymore. I'm not in darkness anymore. i got the light. i got the truth. I don't have to live a lie anymore. Praise God. But the responsibility, and when God's people turned, God heard them. God was there. By the way, he was there the whole time, waiting for them to realize, wake up and turn to them. And so the priest, is and the prophet's saying, this is a good thing because God is like this. This is a great lesson in life to experience. It's not one that you don't want to experience. You do because you can be found by him. And then he goes on in verse 5. In those times, there was no peace to, to the one who went out or came in. Just in the daily living when you went out and came in and and there's just great turmoil in all the land. Nations were fighting against nations. They were destroyed. City was destroyed by city and, and God troubled them with every adversity. Here's why. Go read Judges. When a nation turns its back on God, there's no hope for His protection. There's no hope for His provision. God will let you go that way to get your attention. And He'll do that in your life and my life as well. If we reject His truth and don't want to let it have any part in our life, then God will say, well, okay, go ahead and go down this path. We'll see how this goes for a while. And you know what? Praise God that He's gracious and merciful. Amen. Amen. And if you're really His own, uh, you go to that place called the woodshed. Ever been there? Yeah. Oof. Woo, right? Yeah. I've been there. That's what we call applying the, 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 <clears throat> the board of knowledge to the seat of instruction. Right? You know what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. If children, if you don't, students, you don't understand that, I need to talk to your dad, mom, uh, for a minute. Amen. God, listen, had true teachers who taught the truth. And we need to hear the truth. And my responsibility is to tell you the truth. Listen, not just to rail against the politicians, though they need it. uh, By the way, this is the prophet coming to the king. Hello. All right. They don't get to silence us. All right. When God speaks, it's not my opinion. This is what God says. This is wrong. We don't just rail against the moral ills. We also teach and instruct. God has gifted pastors. He's given them to the churches to be pastors, teachers, to feed his sheep. And so we must do both. Yes, you speak uh, with, with authority on moral issues. You say, listen, it's true. Governor Cooper, abortion's wrong. It's wrong. And it needs to be stopped in our state. It needs to be stopped. And the slaughter of innocents is wrong. And those who have no voice, we're to be the voice for them. And we should speak out against that. And by the way, not just you're wrong there, governor, but also in our nation as well. We're made in God's image, which means there's two genders, male and female. God made them and he blessed them. And he told them, be fruitful and multiply. So if you don't recognize that or want to reject that, you are rejecting not our truth. You're rejecting God's truth. Church, listen to me carefully. We must push back a culture is trying to come into the church and influence us your responsibility being salt and light if we're truly going to be that is to push back and say no that means listen sorry Coles, you're not i'm not buying my clothes there sorry target i'm not buying my clothes there listen sorry cracker barrel i'm not eating there anymore if you didn't notice they're going to have june as their rocker month right where they're going to paint the little slats in different colors right the Cracker Barrel. Now Bud Light, I understand, but Cracker Barrel, come on. Church, push back. Speak with your wallet. Say, we're not standing for this anymore. ESG and everything else in your businesses? No. This is godlessness. This is abominable before Almighty God. This is the rejection. This is embracing a lie at the fundamental nature of who we are because God has made us. And when children are, listen, deluded in their minds at young ages, that, listen, I can't choose what what gender they are at birth because I'm going to let the kindergarten teacher do it. Something's wrong in culture. And you're deluding the minds of the children. Don't allow that push back. Now, also, listen. We can rail against that. I can do it all day. But listen, also, you know what? You have a responsibility, beloved, to study and meditate on truth, to take the truth of God's word, to be a Psalm 1 type of person that builds your life not on the wisdom of the world because that's nothing but lies and deception and leads to nothing but destruction. No, we listen to the counsel of God's word, and we meditate on that truth day and night. And as we do that, we we plant ourselves like, by trees by a river with deep roots, so that so that we flourish, and and when there's a, a difficult season of life, we we don't we don't die, no, because we're grounded in the Word. You have that responsibility, and then as that Word speaks to your heart, and you begin to take things that are happening in your life take them captive to the knowledge of who God is and and what He's like and what He's taught, then what happens is, you know what, your life begins to be transformed. And that's what the Word of God does, or as Paul would say in Ephesians. He would say, listen, we're renewing our minds, putting off the old, putting on the new. How? Taking things captive to what we discover in God's Word. Now listen, if you're not listening to a true teacher, if you're not listening to truth itself, your life's not going to be transformed. For many years, they were without the true God. They were without a true teacher. In fact, not only that, they were without truth itself. They were without the law. You have to have the right source of truth. And there's only one source of truth. And it's God's word. It's what God says. And you and I need to embrace this book right here. Now listen, you know, I, I'm, I'm big on you taking your Bibles and bringing your fork and knife. Okay, that's your pen and your pencil. And when you hear God speak, man, I heard God speak right here. I need to apply this. And here's a note that I need to apply in my life. Mark it up. Hear God speak. This is the source of truth right here. Not Pastor Chris's opinion. Listen, not your Sunday school teacher's opinion. God's word is true. You take everything captive. You take it and you be a good Berean. And you take it and you let Scripture interpret Scripture. Use a good hermeneutic as you go through it. For many years, they were without the law. Now, why is the law important? Because the law is the source of truth. The law teaches us who God is. The law reveals who we are and exposes us, right? It's a sharp two-edged sword, man. That word will just cut you like a scalpel. God's not there to bludgeon us with a sword. No, no, no. I want to cut this sin out of your life. And I want to put the healing salve of my spirit within you. And I want to bring healing in your life. That's what he wants to do in our lives. And we have to embrace that and be up to it. Asa was leading God's people to experience reformation. They removed the altars. I don't have time to go through it, but you go down from verse 8 all the way down through verse 12. And what you discover is they removed the altars of all the idols. They restored the altar of God. They got back to worshiping God as He should be worshipped. And that's what they had. You know the blessing? Ten years of peace. God blessed them for their, for their efforts He showed them favor. That's His promise always. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and God will heal our land. Amen. By the way, we're going to have the solemn assembly on July the 4th. 2nd, that July 4th weekend, the first service will be the psalm assembly. We did it last year. It's a time of just seeking God's face for a whole week and then coming in and saying, God, we're laying our hearts before you. We're crying out to you. There'll be Sunday school and then we'll have our patriotic service in the second service. But beloved, this is a serious thing. It's supposed to be a daily activity in your life, keeping close and keeping clean. The only way you do that is with the word of God. Now, this is the amazing thing. For many years, for a long time, they were without the true God, without a true teacher, and without the source of truth. Have you ever heard this proverb, where there is no vision, the people perish? You've heard that, right? That's really not a good translation of the Hebrew. Because literally in the Hebrew, what it says is, where there is no Torah, no law, the people cast off all restraint. Now think about that. When you no longer have the plumb line, when you no longer have the law of God that's spoken, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. When you no longer have that or you reject it, you know what people do? Whatever they want to do. They make their own laws. That's what's happened in our society today. But, listen, as it says over in Proverbs chapter 28, verses 4 and 5, if you today embrace the law and you realize it, then what you do is you contend with those who don't embrace the law. This is the culture war, Proverbs 28, 4 and 5. And this is where there needs to be a battle because the war today is over truth. The war today is over lies. The war today is who gets to define what is true who gets to find what is right and wrong. And you need to realize that, and we need to take our head out of the sand, church, and be bold and speak up and speak out against it. If you don't, man, this nation is going down fast. And we are the ones who know the truth. We haven't embraced a lie. We worship the true God. Now listen, we go out there, listen, listen. We don't have to have a megaphone and just stand on a corner and just say, you're going to hell if you don't repent. Though that might be a good thing to say every now and then. But listen, we speak the truth in love or else we're a sounding gong. So we find opportunities to push back. When someone says something at work that isn't true to the Word of God, you know know what you can say? I don't really get that. Where do you get that from? What authority speaks that truth? Because that's not the authority... The truth that, you know, that I, that I believe. Because at the end of the day, it's over truth and who's the authority. And you simply need to push back and say, you know what, I, this is what I've read in the Word of God. This is what I believe God's Word says. What do you think? Let me just read this verse to you. What do you think that means? Because if a God who is truth has spoken, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what He said. You see, listen, this is the authority over me. I'm not an authority over it. I don't get to pick and choose which parts I like. No, God's a source of truth. And I have yielded my life to the one who said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And his spirit of truth now dwells within me, who helps me understand this source of truth right here, so I can navigate my life. Now, here's the amazing thing. i got to close with this. Do you know what's amazing when you go over to John chapter 17? Jesus, the one who said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know what he prayed? He prayed for believers. Two things that are found there, which have to do with truth. The first is that we would know truth, eternal life. We would know eternal life, the true God, and the one that he sent, Jesus. Salvation is based on knowing truth. And truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. In fact, you know, we had a little discussion with Pilate there when he was put before him. And Jesus said, for this reason I came into this world. What? To give evidence or bear witness to the truth. Pilate said, what's truth? And then he started wanting to wash his hands because he realized, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. You know why? Because truth was right in front of him. And he was rejecting it. You see, when you embrace Jesus, you embrace truth into your life. Jesus is what gives you the plumb line now to understand the way you're made and all that God wants to do in your life because, you see, He remakes you. And now you're a new creation, and your life is new, and it's true, and you can live truthfully, truthfully with God and with others. Now, here's the other thing Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. He said not just that they would, we would know eternal life and know the true God and know the one whom He sent, but also He prayed that we'd be sanctified And you know how we're sanctified? With truth. We're saved by truth and we're sanctified with truth. And that's what God wants in your life today. In fact, if I've heard the word of God today and it's opened me up, the question is this, am I saved? Have I embraced the true God? And am I being sanctified? Am I allowing God's word to cleanse me and to transform my life and to renew my ways of thinking? Am I taking things captive? No, this is a lie from the world. I want to take it captive to who God is and what he's like. The world likes to say you can, you know, be in control of everything going on in your life and you can make your own decisions. No, that's not true. Our God reigns and sits on a throne and we need to surrender to yield to him and what he says. I need to take that captive to that truth. This world says, listen, you can't control anything. You think you can, but, you know, it's chaos all around you. And, and you know what? My The spirit is the spirit that gives me self-control. And I can yield to him and surrender to him and let that fruit of the spirit come forth in my life. You see... Truth, I love this, truth always triumphs, and truth always transforms. And that's what I'm begging God to do in my life. If you really know the God who is truth, Lord, let this truth triumph in my life. Give me victory. Give me victory over lies. Give me victory over deception. Give me victory over sin, and sin is embracing a lie. It's not believing the truth about who God is and the blessing He wants to give. And transform me with this truth. Give me newness of life. And beloved, every day, this is why truth is so important. And knowing the source of truth is because that truth will give you victory in what you're facing in life. And that truth will change your life so that you weren't like you were before you came to Christ. But have you come to Christ? He's the source of truth. You've got to come to Him. He's the true God. And He, by the way, is the true teacher. He's the high priest. And He wants to teach us His truth. And the only way that happens is when we embrace Him. I'm going to invite you today to bow your head and to close your eyes and be honest with God and just ask a simple prayer. God, have I lost my marbles? Have I lost my mind? Or have I embraced truth? Am I living truth? Am I genuine? Is my faith authentic? Because if it isn't, grace and mercy is reaching right now to you today and it can change your life. But you have to take a step of faith today. You need to say, God, have mercy on me. I'm tired of living a lie. I'm tired of living in darkness. I want to live the truth.